One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, just a quick interruption. This is the producer and one of the co-hosts of the Trek Culture podcast, Tom Roberts-Finn. Just here to say that Sean is actually on holiday for a moment and instead of the usual podcast, we have some interviews that we're going to put out for you guys instead, just for the moment. So, you know, we get a little break. Well, Sean gets a little break. I continue to work. And uh, you guys get to hear some cool interviews. This one is a wonderful interview with Sean and the guys from the 7th Rule podcast. More of a uh, conversation, to be honest, at points, which is really nice to hear. I also just want to say that I believe this was recorded before the SAG strike came to a deal so there's a few topics that they sort of steer away from but it is still a wonderful conversation and i hope you enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to the trek culture podcast i'm your host sean ferrick and i am joined by a very special team this week you will know them as co-hosts of one of the longest running Star Trek podcasts at the moment. It is the hosts of The Seventh Rule. It is Ryan T. Husk and Sirach Lofton. How are you both? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, doing good. Doing great, Sean. Good to Excellent. be here. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm, I'm delighted to have you here. Um, and uh, we, we, we had a bit of a, a gag before we started recording. So... If my accent is too strong at any point, do let me know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try and get some subtitles running there if that helps as well. <laughs> it's not that thick. Uh, what do you think, Srock? I think Australians can be really tough to understand for native English speakers, at least. To yeah. Me. What you say about accent? You know, you, you, you know, like me, accent. <laughs> I don't know where you went. With that one. <laughs> I went somewhere else. Uh, yeah, the, the running joke is I like to tell people when I hear an accent, I always, um, you know, throw out the Jamaican accent. So I hit Sean with it. I was like, nice Jamaican accent. And he gave me this, the same look I always get when I hit people with it, <laughs> no matter where they're from. They always look at me like, does this guy not know accents? No, I know accents. I'm just teasing a little bit. So it's one of my little inside jokes. That would be a fun game, actually, is just to hear random accents and see if we could place them. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Pretty easy to a certain degree. Then it gets complicated in regionals. But uh, 
yeah, regionals, I'm with you on that one. Um, there's, I mean, to be honest, Ireland has about 50 accents per square mile. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, then, I mean, I could be talking to somebody, say, from California and be like, oh, no, wait, where in New York are you from? And then just get that look of hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the look that I that I always go for with the old Jamaican accent. Um, Australians get really offended by it. It's it's funny because you get you get different reactions from different people. But <laughs> I love it as well. I I, I was there. I, I was just thinking, it's like, you know what? Maybe because sometimes people, you know, they won't realize they have an accent, right? And they will just talk yeah. the way they talk. And somebody will say, oh, you know, like for myself, my my dad, for example, I, I am told he has an English accent. Uh, I never hmm. hear it because it's just the way my dad's always spoken. Uh, but to a person, everyone has met him says, oh, I didn't know your dad was English. And, you know, dad's lived in Ireland for 40 years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so there's no escape, apparently. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just certain words. It's certain. What do you mean I have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> That's not African. That's a little African. Yeah, you have an accent. Uh, you know, my African. mom, my mom is French. So growing up my whole life, she had this very thick French accent, still does. And so now... Uh, if I try to imitate a French accent speaking English, I say it in a lady's voice. I I can't do I can't do a, a French accent in a man's voice because I'm just doing an imitation of her. So I have to go like in falsetto. It's really weird. So I don't I know if that's part of the conversation, but it should be. I think we need to hear it. Ryan. No way. I, yeah. I, as I was saying, I was like, no, come back. I'm like yes. trying to catch my words. Yeah. You, just, you left it. yourself open for that. That's uh <laughs> we gotta hear a sample, a little little I, under the sea, maybe. I, I, better. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's uh Rene Aubergenois. Uh, yeah. was in that movie, and he's got a very French name. Aubergenois means eggplant or of the eggplant in France. Makes sense. Aubergine. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know he we, had we, an emoji last name. <laughs> oh, when they name an emoji after you, you know you've made yeah. it. Honestly. Yeah, you call I'm, it the I'm still waiting walk. for the ferric emoji. I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Um, I, uh, I was, I was. I mean, the, the obvious one. I was called ferret a awful lot in school yeah. to the point where I just yeah. kind of owned it. That's what the beard is about. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I know. Ferrets are adorable, though. Yeah, right. Really like yeah. ferrets. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They're good animals. Excellent. Take on snakes too. Snake killers. Right. Oh, see, that is very true. They're savage. And, yeah, and yeah. and my partner who actually got me the t-shirt I'm wearing is terrified of snakes, and he'll kill me for saying that. But that means I'm just going to protect him. It's great, you <laughs> exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nice t-shirt, um, by the way. That Cisco shirt. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, uh, and uniform behind you. Yeah, can I, we I, see the full T-shirt on that? Because I didn't see the logo. I can only see that top writing, though. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that looks like a, a badass shirt right there with the Defiant behind it. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's standing on an insignia. Pretty cool. It is, it's, a, it's a relatively reasonable one. I have to say, I flipping love it. Um, yeah. And uh, one day we'll discuss it in greater detail, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I suppose... So, as much fun as I'm having. Hello, and thank you for coming. And I want to talk <laughs> about ye. I want to talk about the seventh rule because ye have very much become in the land of podcasting and Star Trek. Ye are a staple. Like you are, you know, you are usually, you know, kind of, oh, what Star Trek podcast do you listen to? Well, you know, seventh rule, uh, Delta Flyers, you know, this kind of thing. Um, so was 
aural domination always your plan from the beginning? It's a rock. <laughs> uh, it might have been Aaron's plan. You know, yeah, this is really yeah. the brainchild of uh, our, our partner, uh, late Aaron Eisenberg. And that I think that was maybe part of his goal, but I think really just to connect with the with the fans and kind of build this bridge was the original goal, you know, just to have this experience unfold together with our um, fan base. And that's what, one of the great part of the journey is just meeting everybody and having it together. That's been one of the cool things. But I don't know. Ryan was was uh, taking over the airways part of the original plan. Feels far from that, honestly. Like I would guess because this was the brainchild of Aaron Eisenberg, as Sirach says, we can't really take credit for you know the the genesis of this. But the way he pitched it to me was just it'll be a lot of fun. He just wanted to have fun with his friend Sirach Lofton. And he pitched it to me as, you know, we need a producer. We need a guy that's just going to push buttons and and do stuff. And it'll be a lot of fun. And if, if Jake and Nog are doing a podcast together where they review their past show every single step of the way, every single episode, and you have a chance to be on it, you say yes. And that's, you know, but Aaron never expressed anything about like, giant ambitions beyond having fun beyond community building beyond brethren you know it was, it was very wholesome reasoning behind it all i would say i i, I mean I, I really appreciate that as well because as as you say being able to reach out and speak to the fandom and you know just have them here you know shooting the breeze between yourselves it's it, it's a way of inviting people in you know okay you know like maybe you know, actually, we were having a conversation uh, with someone there the other day and we were talking about how things have changed from, say, you know, when during the 90s we would have been, you know, watching various shows. And you never get to interact really at that point with, you know, the people who, you know, you're watching on TV week to week. Whereas now with the advent of social media for all of the dangers and craziness that goes with social media, but, you know, the world has become a much more open place. And, you know, like, at what point, Sirach, did you realize it's like, oh, 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 everyone knows what I think now. Oh, my. OK, everyone can see the real me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know when that really kicked in. I think it was at a convention when not too long ago, you know, somebody or a few people started coming up saying, yeah, I listened to the podcast. I um, people that I didn't know listen to the podcast because I do know a lot of the people that are in our group, but some people I don't. And when I started to see that these people from all over the world, um, you know, tell me that they were listening, that was the kind of indication like, wait, wait a minute, there's a lot more people listening than I thought. And to your point, Sean, earlier about the way um, the medium has changed, um, you know, from my experience, um, actors would um, celebrate live performances and stage work because you were able to get an instant reaction from the crowd. You were able to hear from the crowd the, the applause. Um, and so 
that emotional connection with the audience is lost when you do film and television, because uh, unless you're filming in front of a live audience, um, with no audience, there's just you and the camera and your fellow workers that you're, you're doing stuff with. So you don't get a feedback. You don't get the, the, you know, you get fan mail. I remember opening a lot of fan mail over the years, you know, and reading those letters that were so beautifully written and, and people opening their, you know, souls about how they felt about the show. But um, now that process is a lot quicker. I mean, fan mail would get collected by Paramount and they would get, you know, after the bin yeah. fills up, then they hand it to you. So you, you might get something a year later from when it was written. But um, now a show drops. And, and one of the things Ryan and I do, do when we interview various producers, they'll tell us about instant reaction that they react to, right? They're able to go online as soon as it drops and find out the, the pulse and take the temperature of how the audience is gauging the material. And so that has changed the way that uh, the whole thing works because now people know right away whether they've got a good idea or if they've hit the mark on something and or if they should go a different direction because it's not something that's working. You know, we may see a character introduced and then uh, quickly shoveled off to the side because the uh, the audience didn't react in the way that they anticipated. So mm -hmm. that kind of instant um, reactionary kind of uh, relationship between the fans and the producer of the work is now becoming very intimate. And I think that was another thing that appealed me. It was appealing to me about doing the seventh rule was being able to go through this journey with the fans and, and, and further um, make that connection, that bond between, you know, making that gap smaller so that we're all kind of in this experience, informing each other and finding, taking the pulse of each other. So we know what adjustments to make as we go along. Ryan as well, like as, a, as not only a host, but as a producer on the show as well. Um, Trekkies are of course famously chill um and you know oh, oh, yeah. never have oh. strong opinions about anything boy oh boy um uh yeah i mean and, and hey look mea culpa as well so i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> pointing you know here's but with that instant feedback with that you know you get you know you are as i say an established show now in the fandom you know what was you know what was that pressure like um, even with the fun, because of course it's fun and it's chatting and it's shooting the breeze, but there will be feed. There will always be feedback. There will be feedback for this. I'm sure it'll all be positive. <laughs> but um, what you know, what does that kind of feel like as a producer as well as a host? Uh, well, I'm going to hike up my grandpa pants here <laughs> and say eh, I'm one of them uh, old school fans, personally, or at least what I think is old school, which is. When I would ask somebody, when I would find another Star Trek fan out in the wild or at a convention where I would expect to find them, and I said, who's your favorite captain? And they told me an answer different than my own. I would get excited and I wouldn't want to know why. And I wouldn't ask why because I was angry and wanted to fight with them. I wanted to know why, because it was about a show I love and a franchise I love. And I wanted to hear it, it would. It's like more. It's like I have my opinion. Now I want to hear someone else's opinion. And I feel like lately it's pretty much understandably completely the opposite of that, where if anybody answers a different opinion other than their own, it's it, the battle lines are drawn. And I was never like, 
If somebody said Archer's my favorite, I wasn't like, oh, how, oh man, I'm going to get you for this. I was like, that's awesome. I like him too. He's not my favorite. Why is he your favorite? And it was just like such, I think people lack curiosity a lot of times. And, and I think it's important to be curious, turning that back around in, into what your actual question was. Um, I, I still think it's great. It's amazing to have, you know, that immediate feedback, you know, like Sirach mentioned, you know, it's like live productions are like that. Um, it is also a little worrisome sometimes because we do have the live chat when we sometimes we do shows live, sometimes we pre-record them and premiere them. So there's everybody's live that's commenting as they do. And it's kind of a little petrifying because I'll say one or two dumb jokes per recording. Most of them are boy, most of them really no. target bullseyes. You Ryan? 95% are bullseyes, but one or two <laughs> miss the mark. And when I see myself do that, I go, ooh. And I, my eyes immediately go to the live chat, like, how are they going to take it? Are they going to skewer me? I deserve to be skewered. And they usually skewer me. And But it's all in good fun because luckily most of Star Trek fandom, even if they do get heated and even if they do fight, they're watching your show because they love the show and they because they love you. And even if they skewer you or make fun of you or make fun of even Star Trek, it's, it's in a playful, loving way. Kind of like what, uh, you know, some shows, some particular shows do with, uh, putting in Easter eggs and playful jabbing about previous shows and, you know, what they did that were mistakes in the past. So I enjoy it overall. Good, good. And Actually, I want to add a little bit something to that, too. Sorry, Sean, I want to add one other thing. And that was um, back to the curiosity part that Ryan was talking about. Uh, when we do our roundtables, we have everybody come in and join mm -hmm. in and they give their opinion about the episode or what their takeaways are. And I enjoy that as well, because, again, I'm getting somebody else's uh, take on something and they, and they might catch something that I miss or they might have a interpretation of something or there might be a word that could be interpreted differently or have a, a root origin that I might have missed. So there's there's so many different um, ways to perceive things when you're watching these shows and people usually watch it with their own um, life experience being the informative things so they're looking for certain clues that relate to their own life experience whether it's mental health issues or friendships and, and, and relationship issues whatever relates to them as they're going through that in their life and um so they pick up on things that you might not pick up on because you didn't lose a loved one just recently or because you didn't have a post-traumatic stress in incident or you may not have gone through that but because they did, they can pick up on something like that and tell you about it. So that's one of the, the, the big things that I enjoy about having this experience kind of as a family, as a collective, going through it and, and really picking apart um, things to, to learn from. Um, I, I mean, you, you've both absolutely hit the nail on the head there that I think for the most part, you know, Trekkies are a fandom where they will talk. Like you said, Ryan, it might be heated. But we'll talk. It won't be a lot. It won't be, you know, shut up. I don't want to hear your thoughts or, or anything like that. It could be because uh, a feeling was elicited in someone that is very, very powerful. And mm -hmm. then sometimes to hear that someone had a completely different take on that is a bit like, well, how dare you? And, you know, but it's like you said, Rock, it's like everyone brings their own experience into everything, like into, you know, this, this podcast, into reviews, everything. And, 
I, I find because we, we, we are lucky enough that we get to interact an awful lot with a fandom that most of the time, um, all of the heat is, it, it, it's coming from a place of, right, let's talk. You know, let's talk. Now, I might want to talk louder than you, but let's talk. Um, and, it, and it is fun. Um, and it's funny as well, you, you said something that I really identified with there. We, we do our, our weekly recaps and uh, yeah, the live chat is there. And I had yeah. someone point out to me not that long ago, like, John, you know that you picked up everything that didn't have a love heart in it or everything that didn't have, you know, a kind of a, a smiley face at the end of it. And it's like, yeah, it's because I want everyone to be happy. Uh, <laughs> Impossible. Uh, that is, yes. That, uh, I learned that one quickly, Ryan. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to go back in time, I, I definitely want to talk about, I mean, Aaron was this beautiful, beautiful soul. Um, and, you know, Sorok, you mentioned there about particularly the PTSD. I, I, I can't go into specifics, of course, but there are some beautiful, amazing stories that I know uh, Aaron spoke about Um uh, in documentaries and of course like what an amazing career for the Perry as well because I mean there's there, there's stories I have seen you be a part of where it's just like yeah I would have folded at that there's the like, uh, yeah no like um, <laughs> and, and anything in a cave I probably would have folded and gone right the <laughs> other way um, when you get when you get people coming to you with those kind of stories you know kind of you know this thing that you did really affected me you know how you know how how do you process that it's usually positive and that's why i'm i'm grateful to have worked on a show that has positive messages laid in layered throughout it even though it it kind of also dealt with very serious circumstances and situations but i think that's what reflective of life and if you can get positive out of things yes there's going to be rough spots but um it was what can you gain from it? What what lessons can you learn? And the lessons that we learned about uh, watching Aaron and I was about friendship. It was about family and friendship. And those are the themes that, you know, relate to everybody because we all have those family and friendships that we're juggling in our own lives. So I'm very happy with the work that we did and the and the relationship that we were able to show, the friendship that we were able to show. I think it's genuine. And when Aaron wanted to start this podcast and talk about these kinds of things, um, it was just an extension of that same friendship that we had built. It, it, It was just taking that and now applying it as Aaron and Ciroc, as opposed to our characters. Um, even though the, the spirit is in the same place and comes from the same place. So, um, you know, Aaron, had an amazing ability to talk to people and reach mm-hmm. out to people and make people feel welcomed and comfortable. Um, I watched him do it over the years, um, a ton of times at conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, he would always reach out to people, always, you know, there'd be a little crowd around his table because he's holding court and always all the time. And, and people just hung out at his, it was like the, hangout spot almost you know like the like the bar on our show you know it was the hangout spot uh being at aaron's table and it was home base that was because he made people feel welcome he made people feel comfortable he made them feel invited uh and he also made them feel heard 
And yes, he was also the kind of person who would like to have this kind of debate and, and argue ideas and really have in-depth conversations. So he was a- adamantly passionate about things that he, you know, felt he had to, you know, explain his side of the uh, point of view from. Um, so that's where Aaron kind of embodies all of the elements of the show, both just being compassionate, reaching out to people, being um, as welcoming as possible, um, inviting people to to join the family, um, and and for us to have the the same kind of spirit that Aaron Eisenberg had when um, when when he was here, um, you know, just giving us his his love and energy. So when he came to you with the idea for this podcast, there wasn't a moment of, oh God, I got away from you in 1999. I don't want to have to go <laughs> yeah. back into it. You know? I think there was a little bit of that. I don't know. That's just a guess. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I don't know about the, the more, the, the hesitation wasn't working with him. The hesitation was more like, uh, I didn't know what p- podcasting was. I didn't really know much about podcasting and, the whole idea that I'm entering into an arena where I didn't really know much about and I didn't see how much of an impact or relevance it would have if we were to endeavor on the journey. So that was something he kind of convinced me of like, oh, if we do this, you know, people will listen. And I I didn't see how podcasts could be effective or that the space that they would create for themselves in this overall media landscape, right? And now we've seen that podcasts have a very uh, significant relevancy in the world because it is this middle space where you don't get the kind of commercial corporate view of the the big companies that you get when you have major interviews on big shows with with the big productions. You get more of an intimate vibe. You get more of a personal conversation with people. And sometimes you get into details that you wouldn't otherwise get into on, once again, these big conglomerate uh, media, you know, shows. So I think that intimate space is one of the things that I've learned that podcasting is about. Like, oh, okay, this is the space that it functions in um, to be able to have these conversations that are slightly in the gray area of of the overall landscape. So I think that podcasting has, has really etched itself into a very particular niche um, that is valuable in the overall entertainment space. It's It gives people, I mean, we spoke about access a few minutes ago, but it gives people more insight into the person, into the host, the actor, the performer, the guest, everyone. Um, and, you know, as a consumer, it's amazing. It's wonderful. You, it's these things that you, 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 if you're lucky, you might read an interview in an encyclopedia of, you know, episode by episode <laughs> somewhere. And, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's kind of this, this idea of immediacy. So, I mean, I love it. Um, yeah. Which I'm not just saying because it's my job. It's weird that this has become my life and it's the best, you know, best mm. thing I could ever hope for. Um, also, it's great to have a out. Uh, I get to talk to people like yourself. I get to talk to, and I get to you know put all this tr- you know trek knowledge out there because really I needed help. I mean, I uh, <laughs> this this was like you know kind of this this room that you see behind me. It is a fraction, you know. It's you know you you, you know the, the the that documentary about the the fans of of the franchise. You could do an entire movie of just stages of Sean's life. Um, <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, don't worry, there'll, there'll be a chapter on this one. And it'll be like, you know, I got to speak to Ryan and Ciroc and it was really cool and it was grand. Um, and then we made loads of plans to meet up in person, which is now recorded. So you can't say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did make those plans and we will. Uh, I'll definitely, definitely see you in Las Vegas. I'm sure Ciroc will, too, because yeah. the mainstay there as well. Right. Yeah. That is that is amazing. Um, I was uh, I, I was mentioned before. I was at uh, Las Vegas twenty twenty one, and it just happened that the booth that I was at, I think I was around a corner, or or something from from yourself. Um, and it was you know, I know this, I'm not the first person to say this. I won't be the last person to say this. Uh, I I remember turning a corner and being like, huh, oh my god, he just keeps going. Yeah. Um, so, um, how, and also, sorry, in the course of that show, we literally saw that happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you're just like, you know, okay, yeah, Sean, I get it. I'm tall. You don't need to keep going on about it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, replimat food. That's what I blame it on. Ciroc is <laughs> six foot 14, actually. People don't know that, but he's really tall. <laughs> It's really, it's, we don't go by the metric systems, but in inches, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that is fine. I, I, I am a paltry five foot eight. So, you know, I am, you know, I'm effectively a Ferengi next year. Um, so. <laughs> the grand well, name is Sean. <laughs> yeah. I will take that. Ryan, where do you, I know this, this is like the, the, the strangest conversation. Ryan, where do you come in on this scale? Uh, 182 centimeters, I think is what it is. I'm six foot. Yeah, okay. so I'm, in be- uh, uh, I'm in between yeah. the two of you, basically. But I think I've heard people say that when they see us in pictures, myself and Sirach, and then they see me in person, they're like, oh, you're taller than I thought. Like, this is not, this has got to end, Sirach. We got to start putting <laughs> you in a hole every time we take pictures together. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. who's that five one guy? You know, like, it's me. <laughs> Yeah, that was that, that was the problem that we ran into when Aaron and I were filming back in the day. <laughs> they would be like, "How are we going to get these two in the same shot?" So that was that was a difficult thing. But yeah, you know, I just sprouted up in the last couple of years. Really, I remember one just having this late growth spurt, and boom, popped up. But I wished it on myself. I always wanted to be tall. I wanted to be Michael Jordan's height. So I'm actually fell short of that uh, yeah. mark by a couple inches, but. Mm-hmm. That was my dream height to be six foot six. I wanted to be a basketball player. And, and you know, you know Ciroc, I had the still same, got to live out partly that dream. I had yeah. the same dream, actually. And my dad encouraged it. That guy tricked me because I had an older, taller brother who actually ended up, he's the same height as you, Sorok. He's six four. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I used to play basketball a lot. I loved playing basketball, but I was super short. I like grew way late in age. So I was like five foot nothing. I think I was like 4'10 and 85 pounds when I was 14. Right. So I was a very petite little thing. And my dad was like, you know, I was small and skinny and shorter than my older brother. And I ended up passing him. So if your brother's 6'4, I'm going to be 6'5 or 6'6. This is great. I'm going to keep playing basketball. I want to, maybe I can make the CBA back then. It was the CBA, you know, that were, I was like, yeah. I might, I might have a chance with this fast forward. My ankles broke. 
I never, I barely skimmed six feet. My brother's still way taller than I am. He would always block me in basket. Anyway, sad, sad ending to that story. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So were you a, were you a Trekkie before? you know, kind of becoming a staple of it. I mean, like, did you did you have any idea that like, oh, no, 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 no. This is it for life now. No, no. I would have thought about it differently if I hadn't known that. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would have asked for more money up front. <laughs> like, this is going to change at my 13? life. 13? Yeah, probably. No, I, I wasn't savvy businessman ever. At that point. Yeah, yeah, right. But now, the now I would have. But no, I wasn't really a Trekkie. No, I was, I was, um, sci-fi my my biggest thing was twilight zone i used to love twilight zone i always talk about twilight zone but that was the show that i really liked um i wasn't a big trekkie it's starting to grow on me now that i've watched all of these shows it's starting it's starting (laughs) it's starting starting. (laughs) Uh, um well there's i feel like i don't even know anything yet i mean there's so much i haven't seen right i'm we're on the second season of uh the next generation right now. And so I've only watched deep space nine and the two seasons of the next generation. So I feel like there's so much more of the universe that I have to explore or more episodes. I have to see, um, the basics I know, you know, the basics about the concept of this, you know, idea of the Federation and Starfleet and the various, some of the major aliens in the, in the franchise, but um, certain specifics of the episodes, I don't know when people always talk about, I know I always hear stuff like uh, yeah, man, yesterday's enterprise or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Just like, there's always something that I'll hear somebody say in the background and it's like, Oh, well, I'll get to that one of these days and I'll know what they're talking about because I don't know right now, but I know that it's something good because everybody keeps talking about it. And then even watching my own show, that was like, a, that was great because I really feel 
like I went on the journey watching them as well, you know, um, and got to know my fellow co-workers and actors in a different way because I, I know them in a personal way. Watching their work was a little bit different, so I kind of understand the scope of what they've done now. And I'm really um, glad to have been able to watch these shows and still be on the journey to watch because I feel like I'm learning so much about the universe. You know, Sean, also one other thing about what we're all doing here is the thing about the culture of Star Trek and, and the thing that we're trying to get to is this idea of this place, this utopian kind of idea where we're all um, working together for the common good, um, trying to explore the universe and resolve issues and um, explore ourselves as well. So. I think that common idea is what we're all, you know, working and striving for this, 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 this place where we don't uh, have to be in a rat race for money, where our motivations are kind of supposedly to be, you know, doing this more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <clears throat> benevolent work uh, in, in, in the world. So I think that's, the ideals that we strive for and we have to get through the red tape of what is actually exists, which is the bureaucracy of all of the things that exist. But um, ideally that's what we can say we're striving for. So, you know, um, if, if, if things were to go down in a certain way and you needed to rebuild a civilization, you would probably want the Star Trek people to be the ones doing it because they'd be like, no, there was an episode. I saw an episode. That won't work. If we try that, this is going to be the outcome. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't wake so up think- that AI machine. I know it looks I know you have questions, yeah. but yes. just you know what? Take it apart. What if and- we reroute the power from the main <laughs> con- <laughs> you know, so no, that's we're 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 always, you know, um that's what another thing Star Trek is about is problem solving. I feel like every episode is essentially a problem to be solved. And I like puzzles, I like problems, I like math. It's you know, it's I, I like problem solving um you know where do the pieces belong where do they fit what could have been done better you know how how do we approach things um then you know seeing the lines of morality that are drawn where you're like if i make this decision i'm i'm making this moral mistake if i make this decision i'm pissing these group of people off so it's it's very it's, it's revealing about our own you know character human characteristics and and design so i think ultimately yeah you want a bunch of star trek people you know being the ones to rebuild the society because they're problem solvers that's Mm. how i look at it that's very it's 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 very true it's very fair and you know there are there are some shows in the franchise where you might expect things to go one day and they really don't you know, sometimes it's not a rosy ending and sometimes there's not, you know, an easy answer. Um, and that is one of the things that I think as a franchise, it has helped, certainly helped myself and help, uh, you know, members of the fandom to go, you know, you might think, oh, I will definitely do this in this situation. It's like, but then you see how that might play out and it helps you think of the bigger picture. And yes, people who consider the bigger picture are certainly the people that we would like uh, in this scenario where we're rebuilding, where everything's just been, it's just, it's just gone, right? Um, 
Yeah, we've hit the reset button and, uh, and and we're rebuilding. So when you're sitting there at the convention, you know, you're doing hours and hours at a time. And it, it's not it wouldn't be dull because obviously you're dealing with people and people and people and people. But is there just a bit where you're like, I'm taking lunch? I'm sorry, I have to take lunch for either it's cold or, you know, it's like, you know, because it, it, I assume it must be full on. Yeah, I, I'm, everybody knows that I'm, um, I'm the guy who takes the most breaks. <laughs> I'm always out to lunch at the convention. <laughs> I'm always out to lunch. I like to walk yeah. around and, and like really socialize. Like um, I hate just being stuck in a seat and just sit here and just wait um yeah i like to be out and socialize you know there'll be a time when i get back and i'll knock stuff out but i like to be out and around and enjoy the whole convention too like i want to see the the vendors i want to see the other uh guests that are signing or i want to see some of the panels um so yeah i i've learned to find a balance there of both being a guest and honoring my responsibilities but also taking stealing moments for myself so that I can have fun as well and enjoy the experience with everybody else. I, I, I don't want, want to be the animal on display at the zoo. I want to be the guy at the zoo looking around at the yeah. animals too. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Actually, that's Ciroc, that's Ciroc does like his, sorry, I was just going to say Ciroc does like his back in 15 minutes sign. And I, yeah. I can't blame you, Ciroc. I'm the same way. Like I, who wants to sit at a table? I mean, some people might be okay with that, but like sitting at a table for nine hours and hearing the same thing and saying the same thing, you got to get breaks. You got to also take care of your mental health. You also got to say, Hey man, like I want to enjoy my week. I mean, cause you're there for like four five, six days. You got to have some fun. Enjoy it. I got a table one time where I actually got a table for myself and for my various sci-fi projects. And I was there for that four days, a total of one hour. I was there for a half an hour one day and a half an hour the next. And then I ended up like sharing the table with somebody else and let somebody else. And then I would just kind of swing by because I'm like, this is like, I'd sit down and be like, I can't just sit here. I got, I got stuff to do and I want to go yeah. see people and, and meet people on Starock. It's, it's got to be worse for you because your friends are behind other tables. Mm-hmm. So they're not yeah. even coming to see you. You, you know, somebody has to leave their table. Otherwise you guys don't even get to have your, your hug and hello. I haven't seen you in a year kind of stuff, you know? If it, if it wasn't for me walking around and making my little rounds roundabouts, I wouldn't have ran into uh, Jonathan Frakes this last year and Michael Dorn. So just having just walking around a little bit mm-hmm. gave me that opportunity to kind of have a reconnect moment and say hello and catch up with everybody. So, yeah, um, I I find myself wandering which is what i used to do when i was working i would be wandering the paramount lot during various hours they'd be you know they don't need you to rock till four o'clock okay well i have six hours or four hours <laughs> I mean, what the hell am i gonna do so were you in war wand- were you in wardrobe walking around yeah i was in wardrobe walking around <laughs> the whole paramount lot uh you know luckily i you know i don't have any face or anything just that little onesies zip up 
but I, I, I would be walking around. So I, I, I meant to say is what I was thinking. I've never seen anyone with as varied and cool a selection of onesies as as yeah. your character. It was, I mean, it was ridiculous. Every week I was like, hang on, how many colors can we get on this onesie? This is this is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah it was uh, Teletubby level. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely a. Uh, the king of the onesie, the zip up in the back. You got to zip me up in the back. I, that, that's a, a very, uh, uh, it takes away all of your kind of dignity when you have to ask somebody to zip you up in the back. It's a little humbling, I would say, at least. Uh, I, a lot of it was fun. I just didn't like when it was made out of a uncomfortable material. That's all. It's, I'm like, good with like soft materials and, you know, cotton and silk and all these kinds of things, but I am anti-wool. I don't think I've gotten wool ever since. Like, if I, I really hate certain kinds of wool because they are irritating and itchy. I feel like I'm probably about to offend half of the uh, Irish craft uh, jumper Finally. people now, but it can get so <laughs> scratchy. It's so scratchy and so itchy. And then and it's always so warm. Uh, seriously, an entire part of the country is just like, well, Sean's off the Christmas card list this year. Uh, <laughs> no wool for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, but I've got to keep the guests happy. Um, I, I'm i I'm very conscious. That, so thank you very much. I'm, I'm very conscious that we've, we've run over a little bit with time. But I wanted to ask you, what is, so we know obviously uh, convention 2024, um, but what is coming up for ye? Um, do you have any anything you'd like people to know about coming up on 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 the podcast, or may have been just announced on the podcast? We have a gigantic announcement, Srock. Do you want to announce it? Um, I will say that we're going to be working alongside a new host and a and a brand new en- endeavor that we're going on Summit Pool. Uh, one thing that we like to do is try new things and, you know, create new ways to celebrate the culture. Uh, we did the, uh, the Trek awards where we, you know, we gave out the mm-hmm. awards to, for, for best episodes and best, uh, you know, favorite actors and, and whatnot. So, um, we also did the, the convention as well and, and started this, you know, online convention. I think first time that it had been done. Yeah, people were able to meet up and have the convention experience uh, in an online way. Um, and so in those kinds of ways, we're trying to, um, you know, pioneer new ways to have the experience. And so uh, in line with that, uh, we're going to be having a new host come and join the seventh rule. And Ryan, would you like to make that uh, tell us who that new host is going to be? You haven't told me yet, man. I don't. I don't know who it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is the one and only, the forever young Walter Koenig. Yeah. If you can believe Walter Koenig at 87 years young is like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'd like to do that. <laughs> so he will be joining us. We will be watching and reviewing him from his early days, way back in the 60s. Uh, in the original series. And uh, so we're going to be doing what we do with the seventh rule, but we'll be doing it with Walter Koenig. This is not instead of. uh, We're still doing all the the stuff that we always do. This is as well as. This is an expansion, a growth of the family, 
And so now on top of the aforementioned that Sirach mentioned, the uh, Lappy Awards, the 2024 Lappy Awards, voting is ongoing right now. So be sure to go out and vote for those. Those are coming up soon and they're live. And on top of a virtual TrekCon, the first and biggest sci-fi convention ever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, now we have Walter Koenig and I'm super excited. Uh, Walter seems to be super excited about it. And uh, we hope everybody will be. That sounds amazing. Um, That's like, that sounds incredible. Uh, I will be tuning in. Uh, <laughs> we got one so far. All right. All right. Cool. I will stream it as many times as it needs to be streamed. Okay. <laughs> That's no, but that is, that is absolutely fabulous. Um, what, what we will do as well is the voting that's ongoing. We'll pop a link to that in the description of this episode as well mm-hmm. so that people can people can. Thank you. Also, by the way, everybody, you can be a part of this. We should have mentioned we have the campaign going right now so that everybody can support this or join it or have access to what we're doing. Uh, if you could just include that link in the description box below as well. Uh, that way, everybody you can sign up for it. You can support it. You can help make it happen. But it will be uh, will be going um, in just a matter of weeks. So look forward to that. And definitely. And, and Walter's going to be going on the same journey that uh, that I went on, that mm-hmm. uh, Denise Crosby has uh, has joined us for in her journey yep. with the next, uh, you know, with her show. Um, so, you know, the, the journey is watching for the first time. The show. And yeah. for from our understanding, Walter has not seen these episodes. Uh, and so he will be seeing it for the first time all of these many years later. So I am really looking forward to, you know, experiencing that with him and watching his reaction, because I was truly blessed by the opportunity to go on that journey. I, I didn't know how fulfilling it would be until I started on it. And you kind of don't know what it's going to be until you start on it. So I'm excited. And my anticipation is really looking forward to seeing Walter kind of go through the journey of watching his show uh, all these years later. And I hope all of you will join us on that journey as well, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we owe um, all of the original cast a debt of gratitude for, you know, paving the way for the thing that we love, whether you think it's the best show or not. It definitely is the original and it is the foundation for the idea that we all love that Gene Roddenberry was able to you know, share with us. So um, I'm excited about that aspect as well, because this is the beginning. This is the foundation of where, uh, you know, my gratitude comes from. Uh, we are just standing on the shoulders of, of giants. So let's start with the original giant. <laughs> Yeah. And plus, can I just add, Walter is such a great human. He is just the nicest guy. He's still funny. Uh, I don't I will not be funny on purpose when I'm 87. I will not be (laughs) likable. I don't even know how he pulls it off, but he's just he's fun. He's witty. He's sharp. He's a good guy. Uh, I met him exactly 10 years ago this month. And uh, I'll still remember what he said to me. He was like, huh, okay. But the way he said it, what, no, I'm just kidding. I don't remember what he said. But, but it was 10 years ago, but he's a great guy. And, you know, I'm super excited to be having an excuse to see him more regularly. Um, 
love the dude and we think everybody will that it, it, it sounds fabulous i cannot wait for that um for like for the reason behind it but also just to see the banter because you're so right he's uh, I, there was a a recent message he put out saying um oh yeah you you know the exact one i'm thinking of there the, he said the, uh, it was a galaxy con convention and he said come see me before i die and that thing blew up everybody was tweeting a few people took it seriously most people were like bro calm down obviously he's he's joking i talked to him about that actually and he's just like he's just like i didn't know everybody was gonna it was just a joke you know and, and he liked it he didn't want to like tweet out a correction and be like i didn't mean he's just like yeah he thought it was funny and you know so hopefully he'll do the same for us. He'll be like, come watch our, my podcast before I die or something like that. See if it gets the same kind of reaction. Eventually, like, you know, it's like, he's, he's tweeted this every week. Oh, it's worn off at this point. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> gents, this has been this has been fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be absolutely tuning into that. Um, and it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure listening to you before this. Uh, it will be a pleasure listening to you after this, unless you suddenly become terrible, in which case I'll just switch off. But uh, might happen. Uh, ah, listen, I'm just waiting for the day it happens with, you know, it, it'll happen with me very soon. Uh, but no, thank you very, very much. Obviously, we can find you at Seventh Rule on the various social medias. Um, and the Seventh uh, Rule, yep, yeah, super easy. Seven, the number seven instead of uh spelled out. That was another creation by Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. The Seventh Rule of Acquisition, of course, is to keep your ears open. And his original thought was that it would just be an audio podcast, but I was like, bro, dude. I know all about YouTube. I've had channels since YouTube was an infant. And so we expanded from just audio into, you know, audio and video, but it, it's such a perfect name. Seventh rule. Everybody knows, you know, what that implies and what that is. And anyway, I just really love the name. Yeah. Aaron's a genius. And I also want to thank all of our supporters because, you know, we're an independent platform. We run powered by our fans and our supporters and all of the small Every every donation counts. Everybody's support counts. All the views count because we try to re retain our independence and and make sure that we're able to give the fans, you know, a, a non biased kind of original point of view. So uh, without the support of all of our fans, and uh, we wouldn't exist. So we also thank all of you out there for listening, for supporting, for contributing. Um, you guys have been awesome. Um, all of you out there know who you are and, and and really it's the reason why we've been able to grow and be, be successful so i'm very grateful for to all the fan support that we've had as well oh yes sir yes are both gents thank you thank you both so much to everyone listening along everyone watching this is definitely already subscribed to you but if you're not go and subscribe to the seventh rule go and make sure you're supporting them make sure you're listening for the reasons ye have already outlined. Uh, to everyone listening along, thank you so much. Um, we are at Trek Culture on Twitter. We are at Trek Culture YT on Instagram. We're also on Blue Sky and TikTok, which I must set up at some point. Uh, but thank you so much, everyone, and live long and prosper.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.